0: Hello, if you're watching this video, you have found yourself to godsredeemed.org with us here at the Northfield Boulevard Church of Christ. And right at the beginning, I'd like to say welcome and hopefully the study that we're gonna go through for the next few minutes proves profitable for you. If you've got a Bible handy or your phone app or something like that, turn to Jonah chapter one and you can stay in Jonah chapter one uh, through the whole time. I'm going to reference a couple of passages from here on, but most of the time we're going to be rooted in, in Jonah chapter 1. Uh, again, thanks for watching online, and, and I'm not one of the regular member, uh, ministers at, at Northfield uh, Boulevard Church of Christ, but from time to time, us as members get the opportunity to speak, and such is the case now. Uh, so, so thanks again for, for listening. Uh, one, of our, one of our normal uh, regular ministers, uh, Brother Leland, brought a lesson about a month ago with a similar title to the one that I'm bringing to you today called The World is Watching. Um, he, he taught from Acts chapter 23, um, uh, but I'm, I'm preparing for a, an adult Bible class that starts in a couple of weeks out in the auditorium, and we'd love to have you join uh, if, you're, if you're available for that. And this, this passage and this topic kind of came to my mind, and I'm going to take a different spin uh, than Brother Leland did, taking a a vantage point from an Old Testament story uh, that I really like. So, with that, let's talk about uh, the happenings uh, the happenings of of Jonah chapter one. I want to start with a quote from one of my. Favorite uh, non biblical author, C.S. Lewis. He says, Courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. What does he mean by that? I think he means, you know, being honest. If you're only honest when it's beneficial for you, that's not courageous. Uh, Being merciful or being patient until it becomes too risky or until it becomes too time-consuming, that's not courageous. Being courageous is taking those virtues even when those virtues are put to the test, when they're under pressure. Um, Some of you know I work in the oil and gas business and we use pressure gauges like this to test equipment. Having pieces of of pipe uh, just laying on the ground uh, does nothing for us. Putting them under pressure and testing them is when we find out their their value and their worth. Um, Looking at uh, your Christianity, if it's too risky, uh, we're not looking at Christianity uh, in the right way. And I'd like to look at the prophet Jonah uh, in in the beginning of the story and and shed some light on a couple of applications that I like uh, from Jonah chapter 1. Sometimes we miss Jonah chapter 1 because we love to get to the last verse in the chapter, where Jonah gets swallowed by the big fish, and then he prays for his salvation, and then everything goes uh, before, after that. But let's look for, for a brief moment at the story in Jonah chapter 1, and I'd like to read it. So if you've got your Bible, let's read Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. The Lord held a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break up. Then the sailors became afraid, and every man cried to his God, and they threw their cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it before them but jonah had gone down below into the hold of the ship lain down and fallen sound asleep so the captain approached him and saying how is it that you are sleeping get up call on your god perhaps your god will be concerned about us so that we will not perish Each man said to his mate, Come, let us cast lots, so that we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us now, on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? And where did you come from? And what is your country? And from what people are you? He said to them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men became extremely frightened, and they said, How could you do this? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. So they said to him, What should we do to you that the sea may calm for us? For the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. And he said to them, Pick me up, throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that on the account of me this great storm has come upon us. However, the men rowed desperately to return to land, and they could not, for the sea was becoming even stormier against them. <clears throat> then they called on the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life, and do not put innocent blood on us. For you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. So they picked up Jonah threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Then the men feared the Lord greatly and offered sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Then the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. <clears throat> in Second Kings chapter 14 is where I believe we're introduced to Jonah for the first time. It's the same name and given in the same man's uh, father's name. Um, Jonah was a prophet of the northern kingdom of Israel. So he would have been at least aware of Nineveh, aware of Assyria and aware of their wickedness. And he's, he's taught and known as a prophet of God. Jonah is called by God to go out to one of the greatest cities of, 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 uh, of Assyria to Nineveh. And in the first part of Jonah chapter 1, Jonah the prophet tries to resign as prophet and immediately head the other direction towards Tarshish. If you look at an ancient map, if you look at where Jonah was in Israel going to Tarshish was basically trying to go in the opposite direction of where God was asking him to go in Nineveh. Again, a little more about this story. It's interesting to me that Jonah is trying to get away from the people of Nineveh, a foreign people surrounded by pagan gods, and now he's surrounded by similar people of pagan, of pagan gods on a boat, not those of the true God. Uh, Jonah did not think Nineveh could be saved, nor did he want Nineveh to change, which is some of the impressions we get in Jonah chapter 3 and chapter 4. So he's fleeing in the opposite way. At this point, Joan is not a prophet. Joan is a cynic. What about us? Do we feel that in the environment we're in, in the community we're in, the world that we're in, is real change possible? Or are the obstacles just too great? Do we sometimes not care enough about the community and try to change it? I, I just can't make an impact here, is Jonah's mentality. Think about our current environment as well. Social distancing, social tension with the election, etc. how am I supposed to make an impact here? It's easy to think I can't make real change at this point and at this place. We can't even talk to people the way we used to talk to people. So, for the last couple of minutes, a couple of applications. How are we to be courageous? How do we exercise our virtues in a time of testing where we know that this is not going to be easy? Talking to people, witnessing to people, teaching people about God and about our faith. How are we supposed to treat the majority who may not be like us in this environment. I'd like to talk about two kind of principles that come out of this passage to me. And the first one is about mankind in general. All of mankind, I think, is, is somewhat religious. We are sometimes not very courageous. Look again at chapters 1, verses 4 and 5. This, the, the storm comes up. And these men on the boat were religious. They had pagan gods, and they had these, this religion when it counted. The sailors saw the storm as a religious problem. They called to their gods, maybe perhaps the gods of the sea. You know, These men are, are, are on the sea. They would have had gods of the sea, perhaps. They're calling on these gods. They start throwing things into the sea. They start casting lots to figure out if we can pinpoint somebody in somebody's religion to talk through. And they finally, they even call on Jonah's God, the God of the Bible, uh, to to help them out and eventually offer sacrifices and make vows to this God. I wouldn't call this courage. I'd call this desperation. This is a time where I dare say many people see religion and possess religion in a time of, of desperation, there's a man who, who teaches uh, in the past, his name is Bertrand Russell, uh, more of a cynic, and he says this, religion is based, I think, primarily and mainly upon fear. That's his take, anyway. It is partly the terror of the unknown and partly, as I have said, the wish to feel that you have some kind of elder brother who will stand by you. Um, not, a very, uh, not a very bold Uh, opinion of religion perhaps but he's making the point that I'm trying to make that these folks on the boat were making that that they were witnessing this storm is a religious problem and I need God I need God right now uh, when I'm in trouble Um, there's examples from from history from Bible and non-Bible times where we become especially uncomfortable in extreme conditions and we say please don't get us you know, they say in the end of chapter of chapter one, please don't get us if we throw Jonah into the sea, appealing to Jonah's God. There's a few examples, in, you know, Judges chapter two, not only in Judges chapter two, but in other parts of the book of Judges. They're filled with examples of people turning to God after they're in trouble, right? Or after they're being threatened by destruction, by an enemy, uh, by an adversary or whatever, James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. James says this, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. You know, are you the kind of person, James says, who who asks sometimes Maybe when you're in trouble and you're like, man, I hope this works, you're like the sea that's tossed two and four, double-minded, unstable, Um, maybe just acting out of fear uh, in in religion. During World War II and after World War II, there's there's evidence of a significant increase in church attendance with people trying to to make things right in the world by, by going to church. Um, there was a study done after 9-11, after the uh, attacks on New York City and in, in the Pentagon in, in September 11, 2001, by the Barner Research Group. And they, they mentioned, they cited in their study, that church attendance spiked for several weeks, rising to about half of the adult public attending religious services, typically during a, during a typical week. So they're saying half of the United States was going to church weekly uh, during that period that attendance boom was short-lived with levels going back to normal the same year in november so a couple of months later people are out of the storm and they're back to normal they went and had religion because they were afraid now please don't misunderstand something Uh, It is critically important that we as Christians turn to God in times of fear and trouble. I'm not saying that we shouldn't at all. There is no other place to turn when the storms are around us, when there's trouble, when there's persecution. The point I'm trying to make and the point being drawn out for for me in the story of Jonah is that courageous faith doesn't only turn to God in times of fear and trouble. When you see fear and trouble... Don't be like Jonah and turn the opposite direction. You know, I I will deal with God if I have to, um, but I'm going to run right now. Um, Can sometimes be the natural response to extreme conditions. It's bargaining. It's compromise. Trying to have religion when we want it. And when we don't, we don't. How do we know if we're trying to get close to God through true faith? Um, To me, one of the ways that we can easily tell is ask ourselves these kinds of questions. What do we do with our faith when we're not in trouble? Let's say we're watching this right now um, after the Sunday night that it's been downloaded onto uh, onto our website or maybe a year from now. What's your life like right now? It might be okay. You might be viewing this a year from now and the coronavirus is no longer, it's an afterthought to this country. Um, And and things are fine in your life. How do you see your religion at the moment if you're not in trouble? Is it, Lord, I, I give myself to you even when times are fine? Or is it, I'll use you when I need you? One requires courage. And one requires you know, de- des- desperation, the courage, as C.S. Lewis defined it, remember, to-, to act out our virtues even when we're being tested at all points. Um, what is our life like? What's my life like uh, when it comes to religion? In good times or in troubled times? Waiting on a storm or difficulty to find God takes no, no courage at all. The God of the Bible will help in times of trouble, but He is worth much more than that. Second point and and last point. Again, back to a a phrase that that Leland used a couple of weeks ago the world is watching. If you look at chapter 1 and verse 6 again, they're on the boat, there's a storm, Jonah is asleep, and the captain approaches him and says, How is it that you're sleeping? They are praying. Jonah is not. They're trying to save the ship. Jonah's asleep. They're trying to live. Jonah's trying to run. And they see it. They're watching. You've got sailors coming to him and saying, we're dying up here. Why don't you do something? Why don't you help us out? Jonah is rebuked by non believers, by pagans, for for two reasons. If you look in Jonah chapter 1, verse 6, he's rebuked for not being aware of the problems of the people around him. How is it that you're sleeping? And he's rebuked for not using his faith at the moment when it's needed to help them, to help those around him. Why have you not called on your God? Look at his ultimate impact. His ultimate impact, owning up to what he's done, saves them and they worship the true God. But for a moment, the world is watching and he is underperforming. Two key points I want to make from this. First, we must be concerned about the world's problems. As Christians. The world has the right, our community has the right to condemn any church as false if we don't see the world's problems and trying to help. I'm gonna steal one of Leland's points from a month from about a month or so ago. Our lives as Christians are not, cannot, and must not be lived in vacuums. When there's a storm around. We can't go underneath the boat and go to sleep. Jesus points this out with an analogy in in, in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He talks about the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Those are not accidental. He could have chosen a multitude of things to compare his followers to. And he chose a light, a city set on a hill. The world left alone will be dark. It's not our job to turn off the light. It's our job to shine the light. Now let's make it personal. What about us personally? The biggest impact we will make is individually talking to others, teaching others, and living out the guidance of Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 from Paul. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially those of the household of faith. This takes courage, doesn't it? This takes believing in what God asks asks of us at all testing points, when everything is fine, when there's a storm here, when the world is in trouble, at all times. Many of us are, are, are personally wrapped up in our own problems, myself included sometimes. We're asleep at the bottom of the boat. Jonah's wrapped up in his own problems. He's trying to flee from teaching the people of Nineveh. And the world is saying, get up and help us out. Our friends, our neighbors have families that are breaking apart and they need help. Our classmates, are. friends falling down an endless rabbit hole of of everything is relative or all I need is romance or it doesn't matter what I believe. And, And this community, these people need a solid rock which to stand on. And we have it as Christians. Are we asleep at the bottom of the boat? What is physical therapy for without starting to move you'll never move i have a have a grandparent who who in the past year or so had had back surgery and had to have um, physical therapy for several weeks what was the point of that because her back was stiff from surgery and if she didn't start to move she would never start to move Jonah had the opportunity to change a city in Nineveh, which he later does. But at this moment, he heads in the opposite direction with a lack of courage. See the opportunity to move and move. In my, in my opinion, the way we can tell how we understand and surrender to the gospel is how we treat others who are different than us and who are in need. Courage is holding to those virtues even when they're being tested. Tested in terms of persecution, maybe tested when I know that this is going to take me some time or this is going to be hard to talk to this person or this is going to be something that they may even reject. Jesus hardly ever yelled at people when he talked to them. But sometimes he did. Who did Jesus yell at? Well, in one case, in Matthew chapter 23, he, he, he yelled at people who were asleep at the bottom of the boat, the Pharisees, folks who had the knowledge, were known for teaching, and were leading people astray even by doing nothing in some cases. Let me give you a couple of examples from Matthew chapter 23. Jesus says this to them, "'Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. "'Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites!' You travel over land and sea to win a single convert. And when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. What are you doing? You have the answers. You have the law. And you're asleep at the bottom of the boat. When we see those who are different from us, we we must stand firm, not because we're better, not because we're first, but because we know we are sinners saved by grace and that they need it too. And to me, that's courage. Knowing the world is watching, they need our help, and we give it to them. Telling someone they better pick themselves up and get themselves right doesn't take courage. Looking at someone as they pass by and saying, man, I'm glad I'm not that person doesn't take courage. That's turning religion into self-righteousness like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law did in Matthew chapter 23. Last point. The captain says, Jonah, get up and do something. Many in, in today's times, I think, believe religion and faith is, is a private matter, and we're socially distanced, and our lives are a little more isolated now, so religion can become even further a private matter. Don't let it affect your business. Don't bring that out here in the social life. Don't bring that out here in the public, public square. Leave it in private. Your ability to not offend anyone is a virtue, almost, in this country. The, the, the evil, what we call evil, is, is not all out there somewhere in, in, in the ether. Um, this is not a political system that we're trying to, 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 to organize people around. We're not trying to use our, our religion to make every state red. Um, Christianity is a call to personal faith. It's for me. I stand alone in this building, except for Leland helping me record. But my faith is, is mine alone. Your faith is, is yours alone. It's a personal faith that we use to get the message out by talking to people. We are sinners, and Christ died for all of us. For you, for me, and for anyone who, who might be listening. For us as Christians, we have to get up and do something. Certainly there's a balance. I understand that. And any usefulness must come through the means that that God has given us and according to the service that, that God approves of. God says to us, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it. What is our response? Are we asleep at the bottom of the boat? Are we confused or lack the ability to talk to other people? No matter the case, the captain, the sailors, those around us, the world is watching and saying, get up and get your faith out here. They may not say it out loud like that. But the world is crying, get up and do something. How do we do that? Two ways. One is speaking plainly, sharing the gospel message with others, your own testimony, my own personal faith and own personal testimony. And secondly, living the kind of changed life where people will ultimately look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, they will see our good works and glorify God. Recognize the God of the Bible. Recognize the God as those of the sailors of the boat in, in Jonah chapter 1. Recognizing the God that they needed to pray to, offer sacrifices to, and make vows to. Do people see the stability of every part of our life, even when it's hard? Do people see the stability of our life and our faith, and do they want that as well? That takes courage. We are capable of changing the city of Nineveh. We are capable of changing this community, the community where maybe where you live, this city, and the city's watching the world is watching sometimes that world uses its faith uses its religion only in fear do we perhaps if we do let's take this time to look at ourselves and see what what courageous thing we can do to not just use our faith when when it's a when I'm in jail or when I'm in trouble or when it's raining using our faith at all times to pray, to worship, to give, to teach. And remember, at all times, the world is watching. Right now, even, the world isn't only watching. Uh, The world is asking us, I think, get up and do something. We are being stormed on here. The world is watching. What can we do? What will we do? This this has been helpful for me uh, to, to study uh, to study and think through. And like I mentioned, that the, the reason for this is for a discussion in a, in a class that we're going to talk through about how to talk to people uh, in the fourth quarter of, of this year uh, through the adult Bible class. Um, so, so once again, th- thanks for, for listening. Uh, hopefully we've said something here that... That has, uh, that has pricked your heart or, or maybe something that can be useful to you maybe now or in the future, and, and we ask that you would, you would take those things to heart and, and apply them as you can. I would make an appeal uh, when, when, we, when we discuss and we, we preach and we study the Bible in a normal assembly. Um, I think it's right that every time we have an open discussion, we talk about what it means to be a Christian. So I want to briefly talk about that as we close. Um, being a Christian is believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and no matter if it's a storm or everything is fine or all the blessings are good or life is, seems like it's going to end, Jesus Christ died for those who need him, which is everyone, including me. Believing in him, believing that he died and rose from the dead and, and confessing that and pledging allegiance to him in the waters of baptism is the way that we start that journey to being a Christian. Um, If you're interested in in understanding or studying more about the topics we've talked about here or attending Bible class with us, please reach out to us on the contact information at godsredeemed.org. We also have regular meeting times that are posted there. Um, and right now it's ten thirty in, in the morning on sunday mornings we're worshiping together and at night uh, at 7 p.m on wednesdays and we'd love to have you come uh, again thank you for your your attention hope we've said some things from the book of jonah today that can help you and uh, have a good day thanks